Hello, hello. I'm so excited to bring you season three of Healing Your Mindset with Sarah. Why am I changing seasons? Because I felt that the second season um, and that chapter had enough episodes and is closed. And each new season, I'll be bringing you episodes based on a theme um, of what I'm learning, what I'm going through in my life, and what I'm seeing a lot of my clients needing help with. And so this season, we will be exploring um, attachment and relationships and our inner child. Um, you've talked, you've heard me talk about inner child work a lot, and I'm really excited to bring it to you in a different way. Um, while also sharing my experiences with you, um, through attachment. And so, um, yeah, in the show notes of this episode, there will be a link to take an attachment quiz um, by Gabby Bernstein. And there's a wealth of resources there in addition to some of the things I'll share in this podcast, which I just love so much because um, once you know your attachment style, she can give you a um, cool little PDF with some information about your attachment style. You can contact me if you have questions about your attachment style. It's something I've studied extensively. Um, and she even has meditations that um, help with your attachment style. So um, some of you may already know what your attachment style is. Mine is anxious. I have an anxious attachment. Um, and a lot of folks that have anxious attachments um, have inconsistent primary caregivers. And um, I'd also just like to disclaim that I might be saying some things um, this season that people don't want to hear, but I feel like... I would be doing a disservice if I wasn't sharing my experience um, and um, knowing that it could help somebody else. So anything I share, again, um, I want to add the disclaimer that this doesn't mean that I don't love my biological parents. It doesn't mean I don't love my adoptive parent. I love him more than anything. <laughs> He's been truly one of the most constant and stable parents in my life. And we'll get into that in a minute because just because your primary caregivers um, don't necessarily meet all of your needs or didn't meet all of your needs when you're, you were a child doesn't mean that you didn't have resiliency or mitigating factors like an aunt and uncle a family friend, someone from your church, an adoptive parent, a step parent that really stepped in and was able to create those bonds for you. Um, and so, uh, yeah, I just want to make sure that that is known as well. And so, um, your attachment style doesn't only show up in, um, in, um, your relationship with your parents, it also then translates into your relationships with others, um, in friendship, in um, romantic relationship, and then in how you parent your own children. These are some of the patterns that show up when, I mean, you often hear like, oh my gosh, I can't believe that just came out of my mouth. I sounded just like my mother or something like that. Or, you know, you see those uh, funny progressive commercials where it's like, you know, trying not to be like your parents. There are certain things that are ingrained in us that no matter how hard we try um, are just a part of our conditioning, our patterning and who we are. And that's okay. 
But this, the more you become aware of that, the more you can make conscious decisions in your relationships and in your parenting and in um, just your interaction with others. And so it's really interesting as you start to explore attachment, um, how it really plays into some personality things like Enneagram, et cetera. And so, and human design, um, I can bring in uh, some of that throughout this season as well, as I hope to have some guests on the show. And so um, one of the things about anxious attachment is that you fear that the relationship or the caregiver or whoever you feel connected to um, is going to abandon you or leave you. And so when you're with that person or they're showing you love, um, affection, attention, you feel really secure and safe. And then in the absence of that, your brain starts to create all of these stories um, that may or may not be true based on your prior experiences. And so um, a real interesting way to bring up attachment or to bring up um, your triggers around attachment are definitely in relationship formation. And so um, as I have dissolved a long-term relationship in April of this year and then started dating again, a lot of new things have been coming up for me. And then also just talking to other women who are dating, um, you know, or have maybe noticed that they've dated the same partner over and over and over again and can't break that pattern or seem to be attracting the same kind of partner, etc. Um, I feel like this work is really important because, um, yeah, if you don't break the pattern or you're not aware of your attachment, then you are going to continue just to repeat the same cycle. Um, I think I've shared before um, that I grew up with two, um, again, love them dearly, but two emotionally unavailable biological parents. Um, one uh, with mental illness, one with physical illness, um, both of which from a young age um, put me in a position of having to take care of my parents and having to be the parent um, and never really truly until, you know, my grandparents stepped in and my stepdad um, building trust that other people could take care of me. So that's another interesting point is sometimes our resiliency factors show up as a skill or a strength and you get praised like, oh my gosh, she's so independent or, you know, she takes such good care of herself or she's so resilient or she's so strong or whatever. And a lot of times that is adapted from a space of survival. And so from a very young age, um, you know, I have felt that it was my responsibility to parent my parents, um, to hold their emotions above my own and, um, really just when you grow up in an environment like that, it kind of can create this space where um, your emotions don't feel valid. You put others' needs before your own um, because like if the person who's supposed to be taking care of you um, you know, doesn't validate your emotions, feelings, needs, etc., then how is anybody else supposed to? Like that's supposed to be our first example 
of, you know, what happens in the outside world. You'll often hear, you know, like men want to marry their mother or women look for their father. I mean, this goes all the way back to, you know, Freud's philosophies and theories, etc. And so this isn't a new concept, but really bringing it back to attachment, like that's, we form those attachments or don't with our caregivers. And then that gives us an example of how we are to operate in the outside world. And we absorb this at a subconscious level. And so for many, many years, I, um, you know, had put others needs before my own and was used to taking care of my primary caregiver, whether it be physically or emotionally or both. Um, and so I think I've shared this before I ended up in this pattern of dating men that whether initially I knew or it came up later needed me to take care of them. Um, For instance, um, my um, former husband had Crohn's disease. Um, We were together for almost 10 years and that was something that was a huge um, portion of our relationship was navigating um, his disease and disorder and um, surgeries and treatment and things like that. And then after my husband, I dated a man who had stage three colon cancer. And then after him, my last partner had stage four throat cancer. And um, I'd gone on a couple of dates, you know, in between my last partner and now <laughs> with men that um, ended up having either, you know, physical ailments or something. And I just, you know, not out of being callous or anything, but out of recognizing this pattern, I was like, I'm not going to actively choose that this time. And looking back, you know, some of those men, I knew initially that they um, had these illnesses and some came as a surprise, but the pattern was still there. There was still something in that partner that attracted me to, um, to them that then had this, you know, caregiver, dynamic because just because it's um maybe not something that serves you or is healthy um it's not that you're attracted to the unhealthiness of it you're attracted to the familiarity of it and so maybe you're um noticing something in your own life with your friends or family where you're like I'm always this role in this relationship and it's not because it's healthy and maybe it is a healthy trait depending on what that role is um but it's typically because it feels familiar and your nervous system whether it's something that's um not good for you or not wants something that's familiar it's going to go towards the normal right so yeah I've noticed this pattern of dating men who needed me to take care of them and um it's it's even such a joke now that like um that anyone I'm dating it's like would they have to have a health screener or I need to know their family history or um you know the man I'm currently dating was like uh, I think I need to go get tested for cancer. And I was like, okay, relax. But anyway, point being is that I did notice this pattern and, you know, what do you do with that information? Right. And so, um, there's so many different things, um, that you can do, um, when you're figuring out your attachment style. Um, for me, it's creating safety within myself. And again, coming back to that anxious attachment, that caregiver role, it's really, um, proving to myself that I'm worthy of love without having to take care of someone else, that um, I'm safe and secure 
even in the absence of a partner or, um, you know, someone that I'm in relationship with. Um, and so, um, I actually listen to Gabby has a meditation for anxious attachment that I listen to every morning just to kind of set the tone for my nervous system. Um, because as someone with anxious attachment, it is more difficult to be alone because you, um, your body and your brain are like, this is unsafe. It's unsafe to be alone. Um, you know, I have had a really, um, perhaps I don't want to use the word irrational, but that's the only word that's coming to me right now. Fear that, um, everyone around me will leave or die. And yes, um, we all die at some point. Um, but, um, in my experience, it's more so been a fear of, um, someone abruptly dying or leaving, um, or ending things too soon without explanation, etc. Um, and so I just have to do a lot of work around self-soothing, a lot of, um, somatic work that I do with my therapist. Um, somatic work is moving things through your body. That's why I really love breath work because like I said, until recently, until I noticed this pattern in relationships, um, that relate to my attachment. Um, it's something that can just happen if you're not in control of it. And so that subconscious and that somatic work is super helpful. So that's why I love, love, love breath work. Um, I actually have a free breath work workshop coming up, um, tonight. Tonight is actually the full moon. It's a great time to let go. So if you are listening to this on no- November 8th, perhaps you click the link, and come to our breathwork tonight. Perhaps you take that attachment quiz by Gabby um, and start to just recognize what your pattern is with your primary caregivers. Um, this is just touching the tip of the iceberg of attachment, an example of my anxious attachment. Um, and we can get further into tools, etc., and other examples of attachment styles and inner child work in our future episodes of this season but just wanted to give you a heads up on the direction that we're going as this is something that is actively unfolding in my life and I'm choosing to share with you so this is the thing I'm actively working to heal and I will be your example and proof that you can get through to the other side we do not have to be products of our programming our circumstances. We always have the opportunity to learn, grow, and change. And if I can do it, so can you. So thank you for listening. Please remember to do one kind thing for yourself today. And if you like this podcast, please write a review. Please share with your friends. Share it in your social media. Tag me, whatever it is. And whatever you do, have a great day.